What's up, guys? You're listening to episode 7 of Activated Performance Radio. Today we had Lily Starboard on the show, a.k.a. Hebrew Hammer Time on Instagram. She's sponsored by Elite FTS and is an equipped powerlifter. Not only that, but she gets to train at the Elite FTS compound with Dave Tate and has been coached by Dave for many years. Because of all of her Dave experience, as we like to call it, she has a whole lot of good tips and is someone I always go to for training advice. A Dave Tate disciple, if you will. <laughs> Enjoy. That's How you awesome. guys doing? Good. We're good, man. How's uh, how's prepping to move? So good. I wrapped all my dishes in paper. It was great. When do you move? Wednesday. Oh, sweet. Yeah. That's soon. Hell yeah, man. I'm excited to talk to you. Me too. <laughs> Baby's first podcast. Wait, is it recording already? Do I have to like yeah. say We're more? recording, but like we usually wait until things are kind of moving along to actually like start the podcast yeah until things get heated up yeah yeah, yeah we'll, we'll cut out everything terrible too so don't worry okay mm-hmm. well thanks for being accommodating to my vomitating i've oh, been waiting yeah. to say that since last week well the last thing that we would want is to record a podcast and have like vomit just in the background. sounds of me throwing up yeah <laughs> <laughs> so to start out how do you feel about a riddle is that the riddle no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you like, do you like riddles? Yeah, riddle me. Riddle me, baby. So Seth hasn't heard this either, just so you know. Okay. So you're both, hearing, you're both hearing it for the first time. So what word in the English language has the following? The first two letters signify a male. The first three, the first three letters signify a female. The first four letters signify a great, while the entire word signifies a great woman. What is the word? I was going with herpes, but then <laughs> letter, letter four got me, so. Yeah. Wait, I'm a visual person. Yeah, this is terrible. So, neither you, so the first two letters are male. The first okay. three are female. Her. The first four letters signify a great. A great, like G-R-A-T or G-R-E-A-T? Yeah. Like, like a metal great? Like, no, a, like G-R-E-A-T. Hero. Yeah. Oh. And the entire word signifies a great woman. Heroin? Heroin. <laughs> that was like person? when Harry Potter had to do a riddle for the Sphinx and uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh, I probably wouldn't. You know way more Harry Potter facts than I do, though. Is this a Harry Potter podcast? Why <laughs> do my eyes look like uneven? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> my You're eyes look right? like uneven or something. <laughs> there you go. Now we got more of your face. Is your laptop actually on your lap? Is that the problem? Yeah, here? it's a laptop. I guess I guess so, you would have a laptop on your lap. That makes sense. Am I supposed to uh, have a, like a professional setup? I had a friend in high school who called it a laptop. Really? That's oh. when I knew that this person was fucking stupid. And then she went on to get like a master's degree in psychology and is now probably working with people and is fucking insane. Please cut that part out. Okay, all right, we'll, we'll cut that bit <laughs> <out>. <laughs> So, what... I'm nervous, you guys, I'm sweaty. Are you really? really? Don't be. Yeah. Man, you're going to do so much better than we're going to do, and it's our own podcast. Yeah. You're so clever, man. Uh, so no, I will be clever, though, now that the heat is on. <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel like your claim to fame, well, obviously, you're an elite FTS athlete, is that you are Dave Tate's gear daughter. 
your baby. Yeah, you get to train with Dave Tate. You get to train at Elite FTS, which is super cool. I'm really jealous about that. We, we've always wanted to be able to, well, we have been there to train, but we would love to spend more time there to train. You're obviously. Oh, well, you totally can. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's we got to get of, there. It's a lot of travel to get there. <laughs> but what is the current state of affairs right now with Elite FTS with the, the lockdown for you guys? David Leslie has not let us back in yet. So why not? Elsewhere. I don't really know the details. I kind of do, but I just don't know if they're, you know, I've heard through the grapevine thing. So I'm, you know, not okay. Like, things so that, what are you doing for your training then since you're not allowed back in the gym? Um, so I've been training with my friends, Margaret and Tyrell, who you guys know. Mm-hmm. Um, they just got married, right? They did. It was. Congratulations, super, guys. Yeah. Hopefully they're was, listening. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll know if they didn't or else I'll be like, oh, thanks for the shout out to my wedding. Yeah. Um, but Todd Brock has been doing my training since like a little before the WPO semifinals. So he's still doing my training now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're interested to see, to see or hear how that's going. Because he has you doing your weird accessory shit. work first, correct? It's so different. So everything is different. Wow, weird shit. I won't tell my other gear daddy that you said that. Actually, I'm kind of raw now, so it's my raw daddy. Oh, baby. Oh. <laughs> wink. I have to say wink because no one can see me wink. No one can see Wink. You. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> it's been uh, like 100% different than what I've been doing. I mean, it's been really good because I feel like I've gotten totally like two, I don't want to say they're not opposite perspectives because Dave and Todd, I mean, they talked about my training when they kind of, when Todd kind of took it over from Dave, which I'm sure was a relief for Dave. And they really, they agree on like a lot of common tenants, but they're, the way they get there is very different. So that's been really good for me, not only to experience something different, but just learn about a different, you know, a different training method. And you get to that point where you're like, especially with my squat, like kind of hit a wall. So I think the best thing I can do is just like, try something different. Sure not going to mess me up. Um, so number one, and just for a little bit of backstory, like Todd has been doing my training a little before the WPO semifinals and now in this off season. So I haven't had like a full training cycle with him. It's just been mm-hmm. like a little bit of peak and then um, off season. Can't wait to hear how many times I say, um, uh, uh, uh. Hey man, uh. I say like a lot. I've discovered, I say like and um a lot. Yeah. This is an um, it's a I um. Oh, he, he loves making fun of me for it too. Just don't worry about it. Just let it yeah. roll. People won't even notice. Oh, let the uhs roll. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, that fucking shit. God damn it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, like, we've talked about your training a little bit before, and the thing that stuck out the most to me is with what Todd has you doing is the accessories coming first before the main. Kind game. of. Yes. So, um, do you want my like overall training, or just want me to talk about that part first? Well, just talk about what the hell's going on with it because it. <laughs> it's very different on? from what most people would do. It is very different. So there is a lot of. I wouldn't even, it's kind of a mix depending on where I am at and what I need of accessories or prehab. So for instance, like one of my big goals right now is to work on um, my upper back, my rear delts, like everything that is not my disgustingly huge and useless traps. So when we first got back to training, it was a lot, a lot of, you know, rear delt work, like smaller movements. Um, and I'm trying to think of, obviously, that's mostly my upper days. Um, a lot of back stuff. 
you know, lower days, abs, glutes, hamstrings. Um, so I like it actually at first, like when he was just telling me about this, I was like, oh great. So I'm going to like do all the shit and then be way too tired for my main lift and then like fuck myself up. But that has not at all been the case. And I like it because I'm actually focusing on the stuff I need to do as opposed to just like throwing it in at the end. Cause it's just like, you know, the smaller movements and then you're just kind of like tired. You don't really give a fuck. Or even if you give a fuck, it's still harder to really like do a good job at them because you're just kind of burnt out. Um, and what's and the, think, what's the yeah. intensity like on those? Not. So it kind of depends on the movement. So if it's something lighter, um, okay, if I have a movement earlier in the training, like before my main lift, it'll be a lighter intensity than if I have it later on. And mm-hmm. it might be like earlier in the week, I'll have a back movement lighter uh, in my warm ups, and then it'll be heavier on another day later on in training. So if it's something, uh, a movement that you like, you know, can't really fuck up like a hamstring curl or like um, some push down or something like I'll kind of ramp the weight up. So in that sense, it'll be both an accessory and a warm up movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the other ones, if it's something I actually need to like fix and work on and focus on, it is, it's like a way lighter intensity. And it's also like everything I've been working on with him. He is very, he's incredibly detail oriented. And his whole thing is about like intent, intent, intent. So in that sense, I mean, I'm doing way less. Okay, that's not true. I do a lot of volume, but a lot of times I'm doing less and feeling like I do more just cause it's incredibly difficult to do. And that's when I like doing it earlier on in the training because I can actually put that like effort and focus into it as opposed to like when I'm doing heavy barbell rows at the end and you're just like, you just want to be trying to not fuck it up. Like I'm still putting the intent into it, but it's obviously different doing it at the end of a heavy squat session than, you know, within your first three warmups. And when you're saying that like he puts a lot of intent into it, um, where does his thought process go? Is it more so um, intent of trying to build up like rear delts and upper back, or is it I want your, you know, squat rack to be stronger, um, so then we're gonna work on X Y Z. So it's kind of everything. I mean, it's literally like intent with every movement. So like we do weighted dips. And so instead of just like, all right, I'm banging out dips. Like, it's like, all right, you pause at the bottom, you explode up, you squeeze for a two count at the top. So it's like, all right, you do eight of those in your shot, not just like banging them out. So it it is everything, you know. You're focused on like time under tension and like exactly what muscle you're trying to use. Mind muscle production because you're a bodybuilder now. Yeah, you're a raw power lifter, oh. bodybuilder, a raw power builder, power builder. <laughs> yeah, baby's it's a actually, power builder. It's interesting to hear because that's something that Brian Hill is trying to get me to do right now is to have more mind muscle connection to be more deliberate instead of just smashing weight because I can't smash weight. Right. Well, I feel like I've heard Dave say before that there's nothing that you're going to do during an accessory movement in terms of like weight loaded that you wouldn't have loaded in the main movement so you don't necessarily need to go super heavy am i completely wrong in saying that is that something that dave would say i mean that sounds like something he'd say i mean i feel like pretty much anything that makes sense is something he said at some point okay. <laughs> i mean if you've heard <laughs> it, it did i sum it up pretty well <laughs> wait where are you pointing at me i don't know you're do you have a that, question you're the one that talks i just oh do my the input. goodness oh sorry i was trying to th- i was trying to think more about that one no i have a response to that 
Um, I, I'm glad you can can't like edit out all of these incredibly long. Me. This is gold. Long pauses. We actually um, can't edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck. Anyways, fuck, what? Glad this back, to what, <laughs> back to what Miana was saying. Yes. Like, again, on that thought, if I'm going to squat 800 pounds, I'm not going to do a leg extension that's going to be able to stimulate that same loading on the quad. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to do a leg extension, it has to be with the intent and purpose of getting that quad to do the most work it can without the loading. So I need to be more deliberate in my intention, more deliberate with how I'm moving, more deliberate with how I'm squeezing the muscle to get right. the muscle to work without that load on it. That's what I right. meant. Yeah. Yeah, no, you both are correct. But and that deliberation does carry over, should hypothetically carry over into each of your main lifts too. Mm. Uh, I think it keeps you a lot healthier in the long run too, if you're not trying to beat yourself up going as heavy as you can on, um, I don't know, like a bent over row or something like that right after doing a heavy deadlift. Because right. you're never going to be able to actually load your lats the same way as you would as heavy as the deadlift, you know, like mm -hmm. just do your deadlift and then do a light row where you can actually feel your lats and squeeze them and get blood into them and get them moving better. And like accessory work, the real purpose is just hypertrophy and work capacity. Mm -hmm. And if you look at bodybuilders, there's so many jack dudes that don't train that heavy. Right. Like there's so many people that have way bigger triceps than me that bench way more. So I must be doing something wrong if all I'm doing is jam presses with 400 pounds and they're not growing. Right. <laughs> yeah. So how long have you been uh, training with Elite? How long has it been? Has it been like five uh, years, four years? Uh, uh, let me see. It's probably about five years. Let's say that. Because I remember one of my first, I don't want to say my, one of my first times, but I think one of my first Uggs that I went to after I came onto the team, I saw you off in the corner and you were really quiet and you were with your training crew. And I don't, th I don't think I ended up talking to you that day. It was just kind of like, there's just like a whirlwind of people that you see. So I don't think we ended up chatting, but I don't remember there being a lot of weight on your bar. And then I feel like it happened quickly. <laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not quickly, but the next time I came in and saw you, there was maybe 400 pounds on the bar or something like that. Um, so what ended up happening between that time? What, um, what was it like training with Dave and with that entire crew? And what do you think really propelled you um, to get that much stronger? <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you are 100% accurate in your statement that I was a fucking weak piece of shit, <laughs> pussy, bitch. When I got to Elite, I literally, I remember one of the first training sessions there and it's funny because I think when people have this like idea of people who train out elite, it's like, oh, they only get really fucking good people in there. You know what? They fucking don't. Look at my fucking arms and legs. I was like 114 pounds. It you were really small. Really small. I was this tiny. little guy. I giggle every time I see a photo of you. I feel like there's a photo of you from your first meet and you just look like, you look like a, a teeny child. <laughs> oh, I was just a little baby. I ate like three of myself. Yeah. And now I have a refrigerator torso. Thanks, powerlifting. <laughs> so relate. I had, like, huh? Can relate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm about that life. Yeah. <laughs> so I had just benched a plate 
by the way, my squat and my bench were pretty fucking close. So like, I had never squatted 200 pounds in a meet. Uh, actually, that's funny because I still technically have never squatted 200 pounds raw in a meet. So that's oh, yeah, I guess. fucking cool. <laughs> um, I think I just pulled 303. I remember Sweet. that. So I sucked balls. And then I was there for a while, like training with some people like Ted. It was weird because we used to fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know how I approach this one. So, like, Dave pretty much ignored me for a while, which I understand because people come and go all the time. And then I literally just, like, lurked for long enough and didn't leave. And I guess, like, ran the mono efficiently enough that he took pity on me and helped me. So I try and think, like, God, the biggest... I mean, well, let's see, the biggest thing that helped me, Dave... Um, but when I try and like pinpoint, like, okay, what were the changes between my training before? Um, and then my training, I mean, obviously that he took such a strong hand in it and really like just taught me everything. You really can't go wrong there. So that was the number one thing that helped me. Um, so what were the big lessons that you learned from training under him? I think, so a few different things. One of them, I learned how to train myself. So like, this went through different phases. So in the beginning, I needed to learn how to push really hard, right? Like, I guess I didn't really have that capacity before because I don't think, unless you come from like a very athletic background, and I mean, I did, but I also didn't because I was like on the JV soccer team until I was 18, so I can pretty much go fuck myself. I don't think you have that ability to, like, you don't really know how to push yourself really hard. That's fine. That's something you learn. So you learn that. And then at a certain point, I had to learn how to, uh, how to pull back, how to make decisions for myself, you know, how to figure out um, what exercises I need to do in what way. So even though he was writing my training for me, like I was always, I was constantly asking him like, why are we doing this? We did this last time. Why'd you make this decision last time? Why this exercise? Why did this change like from this to this? Um, you know, all that stuff. So I think actually learning the what and why's behind what we did was huge too. Um, so learning how to train in different iterations, be that trying to, you know, learning how to push way harder, learning how to pull back, learning how to make my own decisions. That was a huge one. Um, so like, you know, the past couple of years, instead of being like, okay, you need to push, push really hard. It's been more of a, you need to learn when to chill the fuck out, mm -hmm. like, or else mm -hmm. you're just going to run yourself into a wall and be a piece of shit out of meat. Um, for myself and then what you just stared at Mayana in that way like one of us needs to learn how to do that <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny hearing you say this because all of those lessons are something that I've had to learn the hard way yeah. especially the pulling back but I think like with you and your Dave access it's taken me like eight years to learn how to slow down a little bit right and I wish that I had someone who could have because I have people tell me that I need to slow down, but they weren't communicating in a way that I would buy into it. Mm -hmm. They're kind of, it sounded like they were just being annoying to my, right. you know, 21 year old dumbass. They just don't understand. Yeah. Right. Well, it's like <laughs> if you have someone who's never been there telling you need to slow down, you're going to just assume that, okay, that guy just doesn't have what it takes. That's why he only squats 500 pounds. I'm, right. If I slow down, I'll be like him. But like when you have Dave Tate telling you those things, you're going to listen and it's going to happen so much faster. You're saying that like I listened all the time. 
<laughs> no? no I, was, I was a fucking bitch i mean there's definitely a lot of times where he's like but it has where he tells me to do something i'm like no fuck i'm just gonna do whatever you know this or that and then you finally get it after you fuck up enough times but it's definitely one of those things that like you you can't just yes if you try and learn it yourself it's a lot of trial and error mostly being error mm-hmm. well what i really like about dave and the way that he coaches you something that he's told me the last few times that I've gone up to visit is that athletes will have their best meets when they actually learn how to train themselves. But then there's Mm -hmm. the issue of coaches want to be, want to have their lifters completely dependent on them because they want the paycheck because they want the money and Mm -hmm. they don't teach their, their clients and their athletes how to think for themselves. And I think that's where a really big issue is in this industry that we're in is that people are, you know, they want to get their paycheck, they want their clients, but then what happens if that client can afford you anymore? What happens if you decide to stop programming for them? Do they just have to wander to another coach and, and find something else? Right. Anyway. And no one's method is perfect. The only method that's perfect is when you figure out everything that works for you and know how to manipulate it. Mm-hmm. So, this, I mean, this training cycle that I'm in right now has been going like really well because I'm doing basically my own program, but I'm doing a lot of the things that I learned from when I was, co- when I was coached by Steve Goggins. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a very similar peaking style and like different things that I've learned from different people, but um, I know it works best for me now. And to just actually like, I'm not even putting it out on paper. I'm just week by week going, okay, like I did this last time. And like, and, and just kind of like in my head, visualizing what I want to do at the meet and what, I'm gonna, what I did last time like two weeks ago and what I can do for a double and just kind of like playing around with, with how Steve coached me and how Brian coached me and whatnot. But so far it's been going like, I can't even believe how well this peak is going so far. It's insane. It's insane. Like it's really, yeah, I saw your squat. It also squat me daddy. Yeah. <laughs> it also really helps having Dan Bell in the gym yeah. because whenever Miana asks me a question and I'd normally answer it truthfully, then she'd want to do the opposite. I just look at Dan Dan answers with the exact same answer I'd give her, and then she listens. Yeah. So it's it funny how that works with relationships, huh? <laughs> what happened the middleman really helps. Oh, yeah. No, it, it's way better for sure. Well, it's like, I know that you've got my best interest at heart, but then sometimes I'm like, I don't know. I need to, I need to have it confirmed, you know? She's like, he's fat and squats high. I shouldn't listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Buddy is awake. Hold on. I'm going to get him a treat. So he... It's quiet. Sorry, I just totally interrupted. Like, oh, no, you're okay. <laughs> How I was really, uh, trying to figure out whether I was like, if I walk him now and then he might be uppity, or I should just like see if he'll sleep through this. Come here, I got you some frozen baby food. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Enjoy. Okay. I'm back. Sorry. Yes. Well, what's your so, like the ability that you have to do that? Like, that's what makes someone a good lifter. And you're not just doing shit that you want to do. Like, anyone can program for themselves with what they, air quotes, dear viewers, air quotes, and think they're doing what they need, but in reality, they're just doing what they want. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, it's kind of funny when you're like, I can just, like, think about it and figure it out. Like, if you told someone who just starting out, you know, (laughs) it doesn't really matter. Just kind of, like, do what you need to do. They'd be like, what the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. And then when you're advanced, you're like, oh, I can just fucking do whatever I need to do. And that's how programming works. Weird. <laughs> yeah. But I think a big part of what I ended up learning to do for myself is 
is to hold back a little bit and to always keep some in the tank when I'm peaking. Like when, when I was coach under Steve, I would always want to go heavier than what he was. I, I would still follow the program, but I'd be like, why am I going so light all the time? Or like, I, I have got a meet in four weeks and I haven't done anything heavy yet. Um, but then after doing preps where I have gone way too heavy and I've gotten, in, gotten to meet beat up and ended up fucking up that cycle because I went too heavy. It's like, okay, we need to find a little bit of balance here. And that's kind of where I ended up um, finding where I'm happy. And lifters listen to this. If your coach is programming you lighter than you want to train, there is a reason he's doing that. And yeah. you better listen. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the grand scheme and it's the light weeks are going to build up. You're going to build week to week mm-hmm. and you're going to have a good meet day if you stick to the program and if you don't overcook yourself. Mm-hmm. And the worst fucking thing you can do is blow your load and have nowhere to go. That is so much worse than having extra in the tank. Yep. 100%. Yep. Yep. Dave is always like, oh, ask people if they think 531 works. And they'll say yes. And you know why? Because he takes an extra fucking 10% off. <laughs> and that's <laughs> like, okay. It's yeah. true. But yeah, yeah. All, my, all my best meets have been ones where I've been able to go into meet and do nine for nine and have like an extra five pounds on that last lift. Mm-hmm. But Again, mostly because I didn't blow my load leading up to the meet. Right. Yeah. You're not showing off at the fucking gym. Yeah, it's not you for the literally grind. gain nothing from missing and grinding through reps and then like next week coming and being like, I fucking can't. There's nowhere I can go from here. You know what you will gain though? Followers. Followers? Yes. And that is, <laughs> thing. That is the most important thing right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, it's Especially not. Especially when all you have to post is your TBT throwbacks. Oh, yeah. just running on those juices oh <laughs> jerk off motions viewers you can't see my jerk off motions <laughs> should we just put this out as a video podcast no just so- <laughs> <laughs> no i would not like that at all <laughs> um <laughs> so you said you're training mostly raw right now are you gonna do a raw meat Fuck no. Oh, okay. All right. No, I can follow up on that. So when I first, <laughs> when I first got back into it, it was raw, raw, made for my raw daddy. And then I put on these single ply briefs that I had to take out the seams of because I'm a fucking fat sausage bitch. And I've been in my multiply briefs probably just for like a couple weeks. Like okay. Weeks. So. And did I the raw, did the raw stuff help getting now that you're back into briefs. So funny story. I, <laughs> I, I was doing a lot of good mornings and I did something like really fucking stupid. Like I just like made up a new <laughs> cue for no reason that I tried to implement and then I hurt my fucking back. <laughs> so <laughs> this was like, right. <laughs> like I've been doing, a, it was, it was just, it wasn't even like, like my good mornings are fucking fine. And then for some reason, like I usually think about just like, you know, bracing hard and, and pushing back from there. And for some reason, I was like, I was on a yoke bar and I was like, I should try driving my back into the bar. But then, of course, I definitely like lost my brace and like my low back was very shooty tight pain. So that threw me off for a couple of weeks. So this was right, like, you know, I've been doing weeks of eights, fives, you know, et cetera. This was like at the end of the fives. So it just like totally fucked up a lot of my shit. Did Tyrone fix you? Yes. Good. And it's extra good, good I thought because like my dumbass, like the last time I hurt my back, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna fix this. I'm just gonna put my fucking suit bottles on <laughs> for speed squat. It didn't work. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm glad like he is there to make the good decisions. <laughs> Which is funny because like you when we do stupid shit, like 
if you were giving someone else advice, you would never fucking tell them to do the things that you do. But then we're like, all right, I'm definitely the outlier here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I heard myself, the only only solution is to like inject research peptides and horse drugs and hope it gets better. No, 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 you dumbass, don't do that. No, no, definitely is. I didn't hear the part after that where you said, don't do that. What? (laughs) 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 So I don't know. I mean, my uh, raw bench is still good. You don't have a meet coming up for a a, a little while, right? So I'll probably do that women's pro-am. What's that? Probably do that women's pro-am. Also, I feel bad I'm not asking you guys questions. Like, if we were having a normal conversation, I'd ask you questions. But you I feel can like ask now us questions if you want. Oh, I mean, of course, I always want to know what you guys are doing, like, with your training and life and stuff. I just didn't know if it was appropriate. Oh, yeah, you can ask us well, whatever questions you want. The issue is, is, like, on our other episodes, we've talked about ourselves. So, like, everyone already knows us. They don't know you. You know? Actually, funny you say that, because literally no one knows who I am, and it's great. Apparently... One of my friends told me this. There were some podcasts where they were like, who are the sponsored elite lifters that are gear? And they like said two people. And then one guy was like, oh yeah, that, uh, the Hebrew hammer time. I don't know who she is, but like her name was funny and she's multiply. And I was like, yes, no one. I'd so much rather be known as just like, oh yeah, her name's funny. than be like that. She's a fucking piece of shit lifter. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you are a good lifter, but then your comedy is definitely top rank too. So here is my, here is the public debut of my powerlifting trifecta. Funny slash smart, good looking, strong. You can have all three, right? Mm-hmm. It's a pie chart. Yeah, that's a circle one. Can't have all three. I <laughs> ranked very high in the funny, smart looks. Depends if you want to fuck a refrigerator. Lifting. Uh, it is what it is. So... I mean, yeah, I'll agree with you on that one, that my humor uh, and my background as an intellectual Jew who hated themselves growing up definitely outranks my fucking piece of shit rounded over squat. That's it. Okay, but you're still squatting 500 pounds, which is pretty good. Um, yeah, but I also, like, kept buddy. I'm going to lock myself upstairs. Um, that's, like, all I ever squat. Like, I've been squatting, like, 525 for, like, three days. I don't even remember what my squat exactly is because it hasn't really changed except for like a kilo. Well, you know what though? That's just part of the process. Yeah. I mean, yes. And I also just haven't been doing like, sorry, do you like how much I'm moving around to escape when talking? It's a little I haven't fixed the things that I need to fix. So that is, I should have taken that before this. Um, so that's what I'm working on now, but that's definitely been like, I've been avoiding, okay. My arms are pretty much like straight behind me when I squat and I literally look like, uh, is that a pound sign, you know, for like British pounds? It you look like the guy on the front of Mark Ripito starting strength? No, that would be a good squat for me. <laughs> So every, like, every time I'm in the off-season, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fucking fix my, like, my shoulders and my T-spine mobility and, like, squat like a real fucking person. And then I just ignore it because I'm like, no, I should definitely, like, just get fucking huge or, like, definitely just get giant triceps or something. But, but during quarantine time, I fucking finally did it. So we'll see how that works. But pretty much the TLDR 
I never fix what I should fix. And I've just been ignoring it. And oh, and then I get really bad elbow pain from like my awful squat. So it's just like a vicious cycle of, of shit shit. It's like the human centipede of shit shit. Like the butt would be my elbow pain and then the other butt would be my terrible squat. So what are you doing right now to try to fix it? Being a human centipede. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. So, I have been like, previously I've just been mitigating it with like kind of band-aid things. Like I fixed my squat grip, which was huge. So I, you know, I've done different claw like variations. Dear listener, I'm doing different claw like things with my hands. Um, and that really helped because it took me a while to figure out it was from squat pain or squat, you know, squatting. Uh, and not just from benching. And then, so every day I do mobility work. You know, right. I do deeper stretch. I do the T-spine thing. I do some shit. I do, I made a whole Instagram post about it and I forgot. You know, I do that thing where you put the PVC pipe over your head. Nope. Uh, I lie on a foam roller on my upper back. I do the doorway stretch. So I do the shit every fucking day. Good. Thank you. Good girl. And this is stuff, yeah, and they're like, you know, Seth told me this, a lot of people told me stuff, and. I think it's good that you're doing that too, and it's good that you're someone who has a little bit of a platform who's working on their mobility, because something that I've been harping on a lot lately is the powerlifters don't need to stretch if they can hit depth, or they don't need to stretch if they can touch the bar to their chest, or they don't need to stretch if they can reach the deadlift bar, but the truth is, is like, you need to be able to move beyond the lifts and you need to have control of the range of motion beyond the lifts just because like, A, if you get out of position, you don't want to put, blow something off just because you're out of position. Or B, if your joint isn't working, it's going to start shutting down. It's going to start inhibiting itself and it's going to lose force production. Right. And that's where like, I feel like people, people who are not intermediate advanced lifters spend so much excessive time on like the prehab, rehab, stretching mobility. I go back and forth because it's like, all right, you should have just need to do it because you have a problem, but you also don't want to like overdo it unnecessarily and have like, you know, majoring in the minors and take away the time you could actually be getting stronger. Mm -hmm. but, it, you know, but I feel like it also sucks to like not know you have a problem until it happens like me. And now it's like, all right, I'm trying to play catch up for like years of ugh, being a fucking Neanderthal. But I think that like so many lifters could get around both that issue on both sides if they're just making sure they have adequate internal external rotation at both hip and shoulder, mm -hmm. because that's where most of the issues are going to come from. So as long as you check it up on your rotation and you're maintaining that, you should. And how do you think they should do that? Well, just. <laughs> okay, but like, what are the what are the uh, what is a threshold for like? okay, this is good, this is not good. This is probably not a good conversation for not yeah, like, you know, an audio platform. I can literally describe like what you're doing. Okay, now he's laughing. Basically, well, for shoulder rotation, you basically need to be able to get your arm out at your side and in an L shape, and you should be able to raise your hand all the way up so it's, that it's parallel with your body. You should be able to drop your hand all the way down internally so that it's parallel with your body again. Yeah. <laughs> Lily's making some great faces right I'm now. I'm trying it out right now. She, she did not pass I think this is good, no, because I feel like I remember when I first started. 
<laughs> okay, when I first started, I got to work on it a little bit, but it's not as bad as it was before. Like when I first started training, you know, you're like, okay, Google warm ups. I'm doing this, like, you know, the agile aid thing. And now I'm doing like 27 minutes of these banded distractions that I found from like the Kelly Starrett thing. And, and like 30 minutes later, you're finally training and you're squatting a hundred pounds. Like it doesn't fucking matter anyway. But I feel like that just having that, like a quick measure to see how you're doing and take it from there. I feel like that is gold content. Everyone, I did that thing where you like, you know, the Italian kiss your fingers and then uh, mm, a spicy meatball. <laughs> like that would take away a lot of guesswork for people, I feel like. All right, what about the hip one? Well, I think the hip's even harder to describe, but basically you just want to be able to be able to, for external rotation, you want to be able to sit in the chair, take one leg up, put it onto your, the top of your opposite knee, and then bend What's forward. That? Who the fuck can do that? Me? I can do that? You Holy should shit. be able to put your socks on without using any extra instruments. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm going to try it now. Lily's okay, got, to do it now. I got my foot on my leg. Does, it, does my knee have to be at like a certain angle? 90 degrees. <laughs> like you should be in a normal height chair where your feet oh, are approximately parallel to the floor. Oh, fuck. All right. Well, you know. And then don't round through your back. Does that feel wonderful? No. You should probably hang out there more then. Oh, fine. So I think that there's some things that we can just add into our warm-ups that can kind of achieve those things um, without doing like an hour-long warm-up session. Um, to get the internal external rotation, you can do something like a hip airplane mm -hmm. or um, like a 90-90 stretch. You can kind of find like a dynamic way of doing that. Um, and then something like a shoulder rock or a shoulder halo will achieve those things or a shoulder dislocation. Um, but those are things that you can just like keep in to all of your sessions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like someone listening, if they wanted an upper body warm up, I just say do some YTWIs, do some shoulder dislocations, then do some baseballs and you're good to go. Mm -hmm. yeah. Want a lower body warm up? do some hip airplanes, do some 90-90 get-ups. If you don't know what that is, Google it. Mm -hmm. And do some monster walks, and you should be good to go. Mm -hmm. Like It doesn't have to be this big, drawn-out thing to maintain those ranges and maintain those functions. Right, was, so like a mix of activation and just some mobility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stuff. And then if you have any real nagging issues, that should be something that's kept away from training or mm -hmm. immediately following training. There shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing your rehab stuff before a training session, unless you are in really? the middle of a uh, in the middle of a peaking cycle, and it's the only way that you can get through a training cycle. In which case, why the hell are you <laughs> going through a training cycle when you're when you're that broken? But um, sometimes we do those things. That looks guilty. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think a big thing that people need to remember is that th those mobility um, that mobility work needs to be kept away from training, outside of just warming up the joints. Mm -hmm. yeah 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 because i do it when i launch murder mysteries good thank yeah, you get you warm it shouldn't just be ripping you apart yeah it should be right you to train not preparing you to be you know stretched into pieces mm -hmm. so something that i uh, i do now more and seth has done for a while is if i'm going to the gym at noon and i know that my hip flexors are something that's kind of inhi inhibiting my bench or my squat or something like that when I first wake up or maybe even an hour before I get to the gym, I'll do like a hip flexor stretch or something like that. Um, 
but then that way I'm not spending 20 minutes trying to work on my hip flexors. When I get to the gym, I've already worked on it that morning and I've already moved around and I've already got my, my hips kind of lubed up and ready to go. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Seth does it to like a, a l- larger extent than I do because he's got like a full mobility routine that he kind of does when he wakes up. But And the reason I have such a big routine is because I did the wrong shit for way too many years and not to catch up. Yeah, you're a mess. Yeah. Everyone knows. But I'm, get, I'm getting better. Mm-hmm. And I think like going into the field that I'm going into, I'm going to be my own resume. And mm-hmm. I need to make sure that my body's working as a testament to my knowledge and my skill set. So well, it I, sounds like, I mean, even in the time that I've known you, like you have made great strides in your like decision making when it comes to like working around over through issues that you get yeah which comes with age and comes with like realizing that age you're like 22 (laughs) no he's not 23 he's he's a baby though he's 20 he just turned 26 i'm old (laughs) little guy (laughs) Um, and while we're on the topic of warm-ups before we like skip past this we do have a lower body mobility warm-up manual sorry not a mobility but a, a lower body warm-up manual for free on our website activatedperformance.net and we are coming up with an upper body manual as well with different stages for uh, depending on what level you're at so that is free and available online That's that was awesome. a very shameful plug <laughs> no Did you, you reverse that no i pretty didn't. much just check it out <laughs> check it out though i <laughs> But yeah, you have had quite a bit of injuries um, along the way. I think like my biggest issue is I came into powerlifting fucked up. Yeah. Like I had eight surgeries and 28 broken bones before I touched a barbell. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of catching up to do and a lot of things I need to correct, but we're getting there. Fuck. Like I know I'm not going to get my biggest total at 30, I need more time than that, so I got to make sure that I'm lasting past 30. I think the hardest part of training is not. Sorry, I'm trying to like deal with Buddy right now. I should just take him out first. It's not. It's not the programming. It's like what happens when shit does not go right. What yeah. happens when I get fucked up? What happens when everything is fucking derailed? You know what happens when I I go to squat and something fucking hurts all the time and I can't do exactly what I had planned or I can't squat exactly the way I want to squat. Like that's the hardest part about training decision making and programming i believe mm-hmm. and i'm not even like that fucked up i just tried to like feed my dog a tree and just like shoved it in his mouth <laughs> i'm not even that fucked up i've only had like little tweaks and shit but then like it feels like it's this whole like just derailing of like everything you had planned and like your life and just like your meat cycle and i'm making it sound like very dramatic but like that's what it feels like when something fucking happens so i can only imagine what it's like when something like really serious happens not just like hear me back well, even even for me, I'm a drama queen, and like oh, if I have is. if I have like the slightest underperformance in a training session, I'll like cry for four hours. He's only being a little bit dramatic when he says that he will lock himself in the bedroom. The door's not locked. Well, just, I mean, you just choose. Not you should to lock in. yourself not in a common room. That's very <laughs> like uh, lock. Find the the guest half bath. Lock yourself in there. Yeah. And just cry for a few hours. Yeah. Yeah. Little drama queen over here. Yep. <laughs> well, I'm just disappointed in myself when I underperform or if I screw up or make a right. bad choice. Yeah. Well, especially like 
everything in lifting like built on itself and you feel like you're like fuck I spent so much time like and this is what used to fuck me up for so long with meets I'd be like I spent fucking you know all this time working on this training cycle I don't like I don't do other shit I mostly just fucking train like I put all my effort into this and then I go fuck it up out of meat and like it's all ruined and fucking lost I mean I felt that way for like many years and then I changed how I thought about it and it's way better now but like it sometimes feels like so much pressure with all the time and energy you put into it just to like fuck up something that you've been building on yeah that's that's how I felt in Chicago when I bombed out last fall like it was like I hit an 1102 squat I came back after blowing my knee put 100 pounds on my squat and then bomb on bench and it was like the perfect environment to be a drama queen in because it was like pouring rain and freezing cold outside I just like went outside and walked across the parking lot with my bench shirt still on and wow (laughs) felt a little bit Mm -hmm. and I went out to run after him I was freezing cold I think it was wearing like flip-flops or something and just like walking in the cold Chicago puddles (laughs) trying to chase after him the pouring rain Jeez, Louise. Yeah. This you really have- still had your bench shirt on? I have so many questions about that. So you just kind of like waddled around with your, and you're probably just like kind of flailing your arms, but you couldn't, you're like, God damn, God damn it. And like, you can't really do anything. So <laughs> That was exactly it. You're just like a little beached like turtle that's on its back. Yep. God damn it. <laughs> but that was my first bomb out. So it, it needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can learn from it. I say that, but I haven't bombed out yet. Yeah. Just remember, the stupid choices you've made at meets that worked off previously. Don't always. Yeah, one day they won't. Mm-hmm. What's the stupidest thing you've gotten away with at a meet? Being a weak piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> really, though. <laughs> okay, but seriously, is there anything that you've, you've gone into a meet and done, and then Dave Tate does the, what the fuck kind of thing? Why the fuck did you think I could do that? Uh, no, because I always defer to him. So, like, I've been lucky. I think there's only been, like, two meets that I've done that he hasn't been at. And, like, I will always, I mean, I think the the dumbest thing I did in this isn't even really, like, so this is a meet that Jessica also did, and she did her deadlift before me. Also known as Yessie. I don't know why I, like, called her full name. Sorry. I think we're better friends than that. But, um, <laughs> she pulled her deadlift and like Dave gave her like a full hug, like a double armed, like full embrace. And I was like, and I was just about to pull and I missed 450 like for an entire year. So I missed it two meets starting at that same meet, but the year previous. And I was like, if I pull this, you have to give me a fucking hug. <laughs> and David like never, he's only given me like one weird side hug. And it was like, after I hadn't seen him for a long time, he was probably like, <laughs> like and then like took a shower and burned his clothes after. So I was like, all right, I do this. And you're fucking hugging me. And he was like, fine. And like, I finally pulled a 450 and it was like, not that great. And like the second I put it down, I was like, David, where are you? Hug me. <laughs> I had to run to find him and he still just gave me a side hug, but. You wanted the yesy moment. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm never gonna get that. Fine. So what is what is okay, I feel like you've got more than one really good Dave story. Um, but what is the best Dave Tate story that you've got? You guys have time for this one? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you yeah, well I have a lot to say about this. Hold on. <laughs> let me let me sweat my whistle. Fucking David Leslie. Is his middle name really Leslie? Fuck yeah, it is. Hell yeah. David Leslie Tate, my little tater tot. <laughs> David left me to die once. It's pretty much what this comes down to. So 
This is at the new gym. And I wrote a fucking log about this. I put on my fucking Instagram story. I was so fucking heated about this. And I'm still heated about this. It's been over a year. I will never, hashtag never forget that this happened. So I'm at the gym. I'm the last one. And I have uh, I've keys to the gym. And there's an alarm system at the gym. So I grab all my shit. I'm the last one there. It's like 10 o'clock at night. And this is out in London, Ohio. I don't know if everyone's been there, but it's in the middle of like fucking nowhere. Like I haven't seen Deliverance, but I assume they get fucked and killed in the middle of nowhere. So it was kind of like that, but in the North. So I throw all my shit, you know, I alarm it, uh, close the door, make sure it's locked, throw all my shit in my trunk and um, like all my gear and shit, go to get in the car, door's fucking locked, keys are in the fucking trunk. My phone just died. I was literally just like texting someone that my phone was on 10% battery and it was on 10% and then it fucking died. So I'm like sitting there in the parking lot and I'm just like, fuck, I don't like, I don't know what the fuck I do. Like my phone's dead, keys, gym's locked, keys are in the thing. I'm like, what do I like break the fucking window and like wait for the London popo to come and like probably fucking come. So I'm just like, I guess I guess I just like fucking walk. So I like walk out to the road. Obviously there's no one there. There's like no fucking street lights because apparently it's 1955. They probably had street lights in 1955. And then I'm like, fuck, what do I like? I guess I'll just like knock on someone's fucking door. So I like go to the first house on the road, knock on their door. And I'm like, I, I'm like, I go to the gym back there. I locked my keys in my car. Can I use your phone to call for help? She said, no. I was like, can you like, like, you can just call for me. And she was like, oh no, I don't have a cell phone. I was like, you can call for me. Like, use your landline. She was like, no, I don't have a phone. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, okay. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, are you cooking she up She just wanted you to get the fuck out. This is like a fucking sting or something. So, oh, my dog's looking at me like he's just about to fucking go crazy. His porker is primed. So I'm like, oh, fuck, what? And it's like late. So I knock on someone else's door. They didn't answer. And I'm just like, guess I'll just like let my dog fucking piss on my floor and I'll just die here in the middle of the road. And then I remember that I watch British murder mysteries and they always leave the fucking church door unlocked. Always. The, the pastor is always like, I don't believe in locking doors. I leave it unlocked. So there's a Baptist church uh, down the road. And lo and behold, the door is unlocked. Praise be baby Jesus. It was, so I was like, fuck yeah. So I'm like walking around. I'm trying to find either a charger or like a phone. Obviously they didn't have either because that's not how you talk to God. You just talk through your heart, I guess, not through the telephone. And I go into this little room and there's a desktop fucking computer. Yes. So I power that bad boy on with like, you know, Windows seven and a half. And I go to log into like, my email or Facebook, something to just like send Dave a message and like, like fucking help me, daddy. I have fucking two-factor authentication turned on on everything. So I can't fucking get into anything. And they're fine. They're like, do you, uh, do you not have your phone? Can you not like reset your password? I'm like, obviously fucking not. And they're like, okay, well, please send like a, a written letter to Google headquarters and we'll get back to you in five to seven days. I don't fucking have five to seven days, Jeff Bezos. I don't remember who runs Google. That was the first fucking internet billionaire I thought of. And then I'm like, all right, 
fucking Instagram. That's the only thing I can log into. And the guy was previously logged in as like Pastor Tim 69 noise. And then I had to log him out, log in as like Hebrew Hammer Time. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Pastor Jim or whatever. Please <laughs> accept my name. And I go to send Dave a message. And you can't fucking send messages on Instagram on the browser at this point. I think you can now, but at that point you couldn't. So I like go to his most recent post, which was like 10 minutes prior. And I'm just like typing furiously in all caps. I'm like, phone died, locked out, Jim, help. help. Like call someone, help Dave. And so I'm like waiting a couple minutes. I go to refresh it, like see if he commented. He fucking deleted my comments. <laughs> this fucking guy <laughs> deleted my fucking comments. And I'm like in this church, I'm looking around. They don't even have snacks. They just have these like little lifesaver mints. Like this is how I'm going to die. Like bloated on lifesaver mints, getting like bed sores on a fucking pew a week later when they come to find me. And my dog's like so fucking pissed. And I like, will eat everything in my closet. Oh my God. So I finally got a hold of someone else. And I was like, oh, just fucking call the cops. Like, so the cops come, uh, I'm like running out of this church after I tried to like turn all the lights off and shit and like log out of Windows 2. And he's like, well, I, I can get in there, but it might like dent your door or something. I was like, I don't fucking care. Dead the fuck, like bashing the window. I don't really give a fuck at this point. So gets me in my car. Uh, I plug in my phone. I like text Dave. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, I, you left me here. And he was like, oh, I thought you were like in your car and it was a joke. I was like, are you fucking? <laughs> like, that doesn't, that literally doesn't make any sense and doesn't line up with any of this. So like, I wouldn't stop telling him for a week that he like left me to die. A little dramatic. No, not at all. Was so, it in the winter too? I don't remember. I'm sorry. I blocked out most of it except for the pertinent details. I like called the church the next day and I was like, like, I'm really sorry. Like, I here's what happened. I left your lights on. I might have, like, left them on, but I didn't take anything. I didn't even take in your fucking shitty lifesaver mints. Sorry, I logged in with Hebrew Hammer time. Please don't be offended on your desktop. Uh, and the guy called me back. I didn't even, like, leave him my number or name. Like, I left them, like, a little donation. Like, sorry for leaving the lights on, and they probably used it to, like, bomb a Planned Parenthood, which would really be fucking awful. I love Planned Parenthood. So, uh, right, he called me back, and he was like, is this the lady who was in distress? Like, if you ever need anything, you know, feel free to stop in. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, do I like call him back and stop in? I decided to leave it there because it was like, just, it was perfect. Um, but I'm sure, you know, uh, I'd be welcome with open arms at the Baptist church if I decide to convert. <laughs> there, that was it. That was, oh, that's, that's, that was a good story. I don't even know what to say about that. Like, <sighs> I could see, like, if you randomly commented on something of mine that didn't make sense, I'd be like, I oh, look into this. It's, just, it's just her being funny. Yeah, I'd probably reply back to the comment just to see what happens. Not just delete it forever. This fucking bitch. Like, I can just imagine him at home being like, you're taking a valuable, like, fuckboy fan space on my Instagram. Get the fuck off here. <laughs> Oh, so that was terrible. And I really don't know what I would have done had the church not been open. Like, I don't know what you do in that situation. It's very far from civilization. Do you not have a key to the gym? Could you not have- no, like I do, but it was locked in my trunk. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Everything was locked in the trunk. So whenever I leave the house, I go keys, phone, wallet. Like I was like, whenever I like leave, leave a building, I go keys, phone, wallet. I have to make sure that I have like all of those things on me. So next time you leave a building, keys, phone, wallet. 
I actually put a spare key. I hid it somewhere outside at the gym. Probably Good call. You probably shouldn't tell people that publicly. I figure no one, no one's like there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one's gotten this far and no one is no. going out to London, Ohio, which is like, it is basically just farms around there. There's like yeah, one corner, like it's like a corner gas station. It's sketchy as hell. We had to use the washroom one time because the gym wasn't open yet and we're early. We're always early. I think we were like an hour early the last time that we came. And it, it was the most disgusting bathroom. Like if, if you think of like regular gas station bathrooms, it was like 10 times worse than that. Yeah, welcome to Ohio. They got like a vape station out there. Yeah. And uh, there was this one bar, I think it closed, which is kind of sad because I really wanted to have a birthday party there at some point. So RIP Dick's Bar, Route 42. Dick's Bar. Guess we'll be at the bar. vape shop. Hell yeah. We'll get you Yeehaw. a t-shirt that says Dick's Bar. If that sounds good. Yeah? Yes, okay. please. <laughs> cool. I don't know. I think I would trade getting locked out of the gym in the middle of the night and having to stay at a church for Dave access. Oh, so you would go through the whole thing? I would go through that if then I could have Dave access. Like, yeah. if I didn't, if I wasn't worried about my dog, it would have been less of a yeah issue, but baby's got a pee-pee. But like, I don't know if I'm talking about me or the dog. But, like, right now, it's like... My Dave access is through you. Like our entire friendship is based upon you being able to talk to Dave. Mm -hmm. It's like so you just use me. Basi <laughs> basically. No, you were wow. like you're like a disciple. No, it's like it's like I'm a Catholic and she is the Pope. Yeah, you're the Pope. Yeah, and Dave speaks through me. No, he would hate to hear me say that. Yeah. I make him fucking yes. Yeah. Apparently, on that uh, the ladies' podcast that. I was not a part of. Uh, Alicia asked him if he would ever like put me on table talk and he said no because I drive him crazy. Which is fair because I literally live just to make him uncomfortable and like speechless. Which it I makes can you feel any better. I also wasn't on that podcast. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, you don't live here. Right, right? down the oh, street. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thank but you though. Cute. I feel like he just knows that you would just give him shit the whole time. Yeah, it would be awful. Yeah, It would be great for me. It would be, It'd be awful for him. Though. It'd be great for everybody else listening to it. Yeah. He would be like so uncomfortable. I would, I would pay to watch that. I would do. I would, I would drive just to see that. Dave torture porn. Like the time I told him about the Spider-Man kiss. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Okay, this so like one time, we had like a bunch of people at the gym. And he was like trying to show something. And you know, I also feel better because I doubt he'll listen to this. He'll probably never listen to anything with me. So I can just like say whatever the fuck I want. So he was like demonstrating something and I was like disagreeing with him. It was something bench related. And I was like, he was like, if you do this or that, I was like, no one touches that low. Oh, right. It, okay. So anyway, there's neither here nor there. And he was like, go stand at the back of the bench. So I like sit at the back of the bench and I was like, you know, standing where you hand someone out. And I was like, this is where we do the Spider-Man kiss. And he was like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> But I will say, the time I dressed as him, he did say, that's pretty good. Wait, I actually make him sound like that guy from fucking Men in Black who was like the giant bug. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's pretty good. Or like, it's like if but Sean Connery like, and your, the bug from Men in Black. I think impersonation of him is like bang on. Thanks. Can you, yeah. my, my wobble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when do you, like, do you have any idea when you're going to be able to go back at all? Sounds like maybe end of July. Okay, that's not too bad. So, it's so bad. 
What else you got? Um, I don't know. I don't really have much else. I feel like we've been, we've been on here for over an hour. Do you have any questions? Oh, really? And like 90% of it was just my fucking story. And like 10% of it was just like, I was like, I have three things to say about training. Did I even say anything worthwhile about training? Yeah, you did. I think so. Did I? So then like, what other training principles do you feel like you've, you've learned that uh, most other people wouldn't have the opportunity to learn because of the people that you've been around? Uh, Good question. Then this is the stuff. Okay. So I think, I think one of the things that has been incredibly valuable and Dave says this about us, like how he programs, he's like, all right, I know that I have a bias. Um, and I will sit down and look at what I've written and think about it from the other side, like someone who would have the exact opposite training principles as me and then like come to a conclusion from there. So I think that's been helpful when I think about training is I don't just think like, obviously we, well, we do conjugate a lot, but then we also, you know, we're linear towards our, during the peak time. Um, But I think being able to make decisions based off like multiple training perspectives. So not just like, I, I believe in this type of training method. I like this training method. Um, but actually being able to sit down and be like, okay, if I were someone else looking at this and had these other ideas, like, would these be better? Or is what I'm doing actually the best thing now and not being afraid to, you know, not being really beholden to a single training method. I know like people do, he's like, you know, he's a conjugate guy and he's conjugate conjugate, but he's not really. And he's proficient in everything and we've done everything. And uh, you know, he pivots, <laughs> I'm like, he says pivot all the time, so I don't even want to say pivot, but, you know, makes changes when needed, you know, calls an audible, now I'm just saying Dave things, but learning how to just, I think, be, be f- mentally and physically flexible with training. I think that's been, um, that's been huge, because it's, like, learning about how to train is much different than learning about a program. Yeah, absolutely. Because every program will work. And anybody who says otherwise uh, hasn't been around enough, I don't think. But every every program will work. And I think it's important to understand the base principles of different programs. And maybe not in the middle of a training cycle, but um, at some point in time, take the opportunity to try different uh, training methodologies. If you've done linear for four years, maybe it wouldn't hurt to try doing conjugate for a little bit just to understand where people mm-hmm. are coming from so you're not always biased and not just saying, oh, conjugate sucks, so it won't get you stronger. Linear sucks, so it won't get you strong. Just take an opportunity to learn. And mm-hmm. maybe at, at some point, you're going to have to apply some linear principles to a conjugate method or some conjugate principles to a linear method. That's exactly what just happened to me. I'm sure. With... <laughs> With running the Dan Bell style linear prep that I did for a little bit there, I was able to get so much more of a better understanding of how to peak for meat when I wasn't able to change the exercise every week that I think now I'm mm-hmm. going to have a better meat prep because I am changing the exercise every week, but I also have a better understanding of how to build week to week, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Basically, oh, yeah, I'm, not, totally. I'm not blowing my load at 12 weeks out of my max effort work anymore. Yeah, that's huge. Yep. Congrats on, congrats on your not load blowing. <laughs> it's so like funny I'm... how like, when, <laughs> like the more I don't I don't consider myself an advanced lifter, but like the more advanced or whatever you get, like it's not about these little individual choices. Like I feel like it's more about just like making the big choices that help you do the right thing. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like I already said that. So that doesn't really mean anything anymore. <laughs> but that's what I feel like when I talk with everyone. It's like, it's like the biggest like strokes of genius they have aren't like, oh, like I changed this about like my stance or whatever. It's just like, oh, I learned how to be fucking smarter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do need to realize that if they're 12 weeks out and they're doing a max effort pull, it's not going to make a difference if they do a two inch block or a four inch block or a deficit at 12 weeks out. What's going to matter is that they're executing right. it properly and they're loading it appropriately to get the seamless that they need. Yeah. I think that's, there's no secret exercise. There's no fancy bullshit. It's just doing it the right way for the program that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like with her meat prep that she's doing right now, the biggest thing that we've changed versus the last one is not getting excited just because she can't go heavier. Yeah. I always want to go heavier. Cause I always mm-hmm. think I've got more in the tank. Let me take another one. Right. And you're yeah. in that. I need to learn how to pull back. Mm-hmm. Yep. But Point. you have three more weeks of that rep range. I do have three more weeks in that rep range. Ah. Yep. Did you just so, touch a boob? Yeah. You tried to flick my boob, but it like, caught, it caught the- cause I've got a crop top on it, like caught under my crop top. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so I think we could, uh, maybe not finish off on this question. You can kind of go on a tangent with this if you want, but I think one benefit to being where you are and being able to train out of the FTS is, I mean, obviously it's an invite only gym. So a lot of big name lifters or uh, big name people will come into the gym. So anyone in particular that's come in that you've learned a lot from or had a good um, confrontation with um, anything that you've like learned in particular? I mean, I feel like every time, like, every time someone comes in or we have, like, a learn to train or something, I learn something from everyone. I mean, the most I've learned from are Dave and Todd. Wait, I also had another thing to say about, like, what I've learned from Dave. Um, A huge thing that he's helped me with is, like, how to coach other people. And that's been, like, something that I really love doing is, like, helping people when they come into the gym. (laughs) So, like, him taking the time to teach me how to do that and not just like with the physical training aspect, but like the mental training aspect, like you don't always need to, this is going to sound fucked up, but like you don't always need to tell people like the truth about exactly what you're doing. You need to play fucking mind games to get them to do what they need to do. So like, that's why, that's actually the reason why I like going to train with Dave is because most of my issues have nothing to do with like technical stuff. It's mostly mental yeah. stuff. And he fucking knows that. Yeah. And he always plays some sort of yeah. like mind voodoo with me since the very yes. first day that I met him. It's yeah. been a mind voodoo that like pulls something out of me. Anyways, I want him in my pocket. Right. I just and want like, to have him at a meet. It, it might not be for like, I know. I just want to roll you up and put you in my vagina, a little ball. Just kidding. That's from Step Brothers. That's not how I feel about Dave. So, like, and it won't be like. Sometimes it'll be a couple years later when he'll be like, "Oh yeah, I had to te- like tell you to do this and this just because I wanted you, I wanted you here, but I couldn't tell you that at that point." So, like, learning those, and then he'll—I mean—he'll tell it to me about other people. Like, I'm telling them this and this, or like I see them just kind of walking around this way, or like this is what they did after the lift, not just the lift, but like they were you know, looking, they were like walking around shitty and like looking like this. And it tells you how they really feel about that lift or like, you know, leading up to the lift, like little things like that, that like, fuck, I wouldn't fucking figure that out for like the next 40 years. But that Mm. stuff has been like, obviously really awesome. So when you go to help the other people that are in there, you have a better 
mm-hmm. frame of reference and just like yelling random shit. Yeah. The last time we were up there, Dave's Miano was doing deadlifts, and Dave said, "Why aren't you telling her to do this?" And then I said, "I do tell her to do that." And he said, "Well, if you do that, it's not her fault. You're just a shitty communicator." And that really. Yeah, we talk about that all the time now when people are having, like, especially couples are like not having a great time communicating in the gym or like, I kept telling her to do this, but not in a way that she would understand it. Not, you didn't communicate it effectively enough. So I think it really shows that you need to be taking ownership of how you're telling people to do things. Um, not just what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. And everyone, everyone else has a different learning style. What you tell someone might not make sense to someone else. So you have to be able to adapt. You have to have multiple ways of saying things and multiple ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, yeah, yeah, that's been huge too. Just like seeing him, seeing him work with so many different people, like just like come through the gym or at a seminar and watching him coach everyone differently, whether it's the cues or just like how he interacts with them. It, you know, it's different for everyone. A lot of times it does boil down to the same shit, but when it doesn't work, you also need to have something else in your pocket. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Has there been a moment in particular where he has been able to pull something out of you? Like any like one moment in particular? So there was a long period of time where like he pretty much the way he got under my skin was like telling me he didn't think I could do something. And then I'd be like, you fuck you, fuck you. But then, (laughs) so that worked for like a few years, but then at a certain, like, I think at a certain point, I'm trying to remember like why it stopped working, but pretty much before I could say something, I'd just be like, fuck you. Like, it just became just like a fuck you match. So for a while, him telling me that he didn't think I could do something was like, you know, a big, like, fuck you, I'll fucking show you what I can do. Um, And then I think I kind of got over that hump where like, the kind of external stimulus isn't really, didn't really do it for me. Mm. You know, I think I became more in like control of how, I, a little bit less of a head case, like not totally. He can attest to that. I'm still kind of a mess, but like kind of more in control of my own lifting emotions. Mm-hmm. Are you frozen? Oh, she's back. Yeah, one of us is. Oh, it's definitely you. You're you're the frozen one. Yeah. During our Passover Zoom, I had all these like really good opening jokes, and then everyone was frozen, so it just looked like no one was laughing at my really good jokes, and it was super painful. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Lily. But it definitely like all all of my best memories of Dave, and I feel like I don't have. I'm I'm a little bit like scared of like talking to Dave sometimes because I feel like he's always gonna call me out on my shit, which he always does. And I'm just not always ready for that. But anyways, I feel like at every point in time in my lifting career where I haven't like thought of myself as like, I don't want to say being worthy of being strong enough, like, but just mentally, I just didn't think I was as strong as I could have been. And he's been able to pull that out for me, which is Mm -hmm. definitely why like he has, he has my heart in a sense for that. Because like when I was first getting into powerlifting, he was the first person to make me feel like I could be somebody in the sport and like that was like just huge for me and from there it's like people always ask like how do I get a girl to like like actually feel like she can be strong and it's like I don't know Dave did it for me though like he was able to just like 
tell me that I have potential in a sense and like in a way that didn't sound cheesy or corny but I don't don't know how I could like tell people to to instill that in other people just be Dave say that say in a Dave (laughs) voice (laughs) dress up like Dave yeah and I guess that's the same for me too because I I sucked when I was there but like just the fact that he took the time and effort like he put so much time and effort into me that I'm like I have no choice but to get better yeah like yeah. obviously and I mean there's of course there have been like my, my haters not just kidding there have only been like <laughs> a couple people I pretty much told me to be shitty at powerlifting um plus I obviously was shitty at powerlifting but like he obviously had these goals for me you know we talked about my goals long-term goals made a plan and he obviously thought that there were things that I could achieve and kept helping me awesome that was like awesome. not as inspirational as it I was actually like looking at my nail polish. I'm like the least inspirational person in the fucking world. <laughs> that could have been like where I said something amazing. I think you've come a <laughs> long way. Um, and I think that's like in a lot of ways, like it's the journey, like it's the journey, not the destination, you know, like you, you've definitely come a long way. Um, and I think that that says something and you are, you are so, you're strong. You're very strong. I think you need to give yourself more credit. Thanks. I'm working on it. I'm getting there. I still got a ways to go, but yeah, I've, I've gotten way better. Like, you know, I went from being like awful to, to I. Yeah. So thanks, Dave and Todd. Hell yeah. So, you know, I'm still working on it. And mm-hmm. uh, one day I'll be way better. Yeah. Same. Same, same. Yeah. Well, should we wrap up the official podcasting? Yeah. 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 We probably should. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you have any other questions, either of you. I feel like I should have thought way more before I got on this about what I was going to say, but I was like, if I think too much, I'm just going to try and like regurgitate it and it's going to sound awful. But instead I feel like everything I said was incredibly vague and broad. That's, that's how podcasting is though. Like, I feel like I said nothing like specific about lifting. It was like all very general. Yeah. But that's what people need. No one cares what percentage you use on your squats. Yeah. Uh, do you guys want me to talk about rooting and bracing? No, yeah, please no. <laughs> please, please, please no. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Maybe we'll have a, a little... Thanks for having me, you guys. It Maybe was we'll like... We'll have a, a Lily 2.0 episode at some point. We will. <laughs> <Yeah>. Maybe. <laughs>